the name of Jesus. We often talk about how we live in a mobile society. It's nothing for us to drive 15, 20 minutes here or there, perhaps even longer for work, for school, for ball games, perhaps driving three, four states away to go hunting or visit family members. It's no big thing to head down to the airport and, and hop on an airplane and, and jet set all parts of the globe, a mobile society we truly are. Yet, in our gospel text for today from John 4, we find out that Jesus was a pretty mobile guy. Jesus, you might remember, his earthly dad, Joseph, from Nazareth, which is, is up to the north by the Sea of Galilee, had to travel with his wife while she was great with child on that crazy donkey all the way down to Bethlehem, as the story goes, and there's probably a little bit more to it than that. But Jesus, who was born there in Bethlehem, the house of, of David, because that was his lineage, the census that had to be taken. Did you know that from, from Nazareth, from Galilee, if you will, down to the hill country of Judea, to Jerusalem, that's about 90 miles, man. And you might say to yourself, 90 miles? Ha! I drove that just the other day going to watch my kids fill in the blank, right? But they didn't have cars like we do. They couldn't hop in the car and be there in an hour and a half or a little bit longer in case there's, you know, construction cones or traffic. All they had were the things that are located below your waist, your legs, and on the bottom of your legs, you have them, don't you? Feet? They walked pretty much everywhere. Only the rich and wealthy would have perhaps a donkey. Horses were normally reserved for those noblemen or just the military. So we're told right off the bat, it seems a little odd, Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee where he had made the water wine. The first thing we learn from our text today is that Jesus had traveled back down to Jerusalem, 90 miles, mind you, and now had made the trip again, back up to Cana in Galilee. Why? I don't know. Perhaps that wedding where he made all that extra wine resulted in a very quick pregnancy and there was a birth announcement. We don't know. But regardless, he's back up there at Cana in Galilee. The word had begun to spread. The word of God made flesh, who was just now beginning his earthly ministry, well, it had gotten around. And it turns out that there was an official, not a military guy. Some of your Bible translations will have the word nobleman. Most likely, the word in Greek means that he, he worked for the king or in the king's courts in some way, shape, or form. Could have been a bean counter or manager. We don't really know. But there at Capernaum, this official had heard of this Jesus, and he had a son who was ill. Been there before? A loved one who's ill? The worry, the fear? And this was even worse than that because this man here, according to the context of the text, had had done everything, had exhausted all his options. 
Perhaps you've been there too. Back against the wall, stuck in the corner, doesn't look like there's a way out. And the sinner in you thinks this, no way God can help me out of this. No way he really cares about me and my predicament. He's too busy with all the starving children in Africa or those people who are dealing with really, really bad things. God certainly wouldn't travel all this way just to help little old me. And so you doubt. You worry. You fear. Or perhaps you just turn yourself over to the situation and throw your hands up in disgust. This man had heard something about Jesus. Capernaum is about 16 and a half miles from Cana to Capernaum, both up by Galilee. Got it? Jerusalem down south by the Red Sea. That's the 90 miles. So the 16 and a half miles now from Cana to Capernaum, this official travels all on his own, all by himself. Doesn't tell us whether he walked it, which is what most people would have done. And if you walk, you walk about three miles an hour on average. Perhaps he walked a little faster. Some of you have those smart devices. You keep track of every step, don't you? You know how long it takes or how many steps you need to get in to make your day successful. It probably took this guy anywhere from four to six hours if he would have walked. Perhaps he had a horse. I doubt it. Maybe a donkey. But even a horse's gait, if it's walking, is only about four miles an hour, give or take. And from there, a horse can trot, and that gets a few miles an hour faster. From there, a horse can canter. I learned all that on Google this week, by the way. And then after that, a horse can gallop, which can be pretty quick. Those tend to be the horses some of you bet on, but don't tell me about that. So maybe he took a horse, but regardless, this was a trip, man. Sixteen and a half miles. He hears that Jesus had come all the way now from Judea to Galilee. And so he goes to Jesus and asks him, begs him, please, Jesus, put your walking sandals back on. Get up off the recliner and come down to Capernaum. He wants Jesus to travel another 16 and a half miles after Jesus has just traveled 90. And you might say to yourself, good grief. Jesus has got sore feet. Let him rest. But you probably think that quite often, don't you? that Jesus is just a little too busy to help you out in your situation. Or perhaps you say to yourself, I'll take care of it all by myself. The man comes and begs Jesus to heal his son, for he's at the point of death. And listen to the next sentence, because you can almost see Jesus kicking back in the recliner. Perhaps he's got his favorite beverage. Maybe he's smoking a stogie. Unless you see signs and wonders, boy, you will not believe. (laughs) Don't take my word for that. That probably didn't happen that way. But do you hear what Jesus is saying? He's saying, your faith, your faith is clinging to signs and to wonders. You want to see something happen. Perhaps this nobleman was there at the wedding And he sees all these big water jars now turned into wine after they drunk all the other stuff. Quite a party, right? And he says, wow, 
If I can get this Jesus guy down here to help with my son and, and, and do an amazing sign, do an amazing wonder and take care of my kid, that'll be amazing. But Jesus calls it like it is. You see, sometimes faith is believing in what you can't see. Both now and not yet. Perhaps faith is grasping something more than even just this physical world. But the official persists. The official a second time pleads before Jesus, humbles and kneels down. Hopefully how you've entered the Lord's house this day, crying out to him for mercy. Perhaps how you will approach his banqueting table this day as you kneel, as you're able, and you open your mouth and your hands to eat and to drink forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation because you need, you believe that what he has to provide for you makes a big difference in your life and in your eternity. Because that's where this guy was at. Come down, Jesus. Please travel the 16 and a half miles before my child dies. Jesus says to him, go. Go back home. You put your walking shoes back on because your son will live. You see, Jesus doesn't need to travel the 16 and a half miles himself. He is the Word of God. He's the Word that created all of creation. Which is why we read that big, long section of Genesis 1 and 2 on this Sunday when it's paired with this Gospel text. The Word that created the world is the Word that now has come to walk upon the earth. The same Word that has come to bear all the punishment for your lack of faith, for your worry, for your fear. The Word of God Himself who entrusts his very body into the hands of his heavenly Father, the Word who, as he's naked, bleeding, and dying, nailed to a cross, is not praying for himself, but the sinners around him. Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they do. That's the Lord you have. And that Word is a powerful, efficacious Word. So yeah, Jesus travels. Jesus probably is more mobile than you ever have been or ever will be. For where the Word of God is, where it's preached and taught purely and truly, where the sacraments are in baptism, in bread and wine, that at His Word now become body and blood, there Jesus comes. And He doesn't need His walking shoes to do it. Because He's God. So the next time you find yourself in such a predicament where you are filled with doubt and worry and whether God is really there, whether He's listening to you, reread this text, know and believe that He is there, that you are absolved, that you are forgiven, that He will find a way to lift your feet up to preserve you both now and eternally. The amazing thing about this text, and it, it gives me goosebumps as, every time as I read it and, and preach on it, is that right after Jesus says now, 
Go, your son will live. The text says, the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went on his way. He doesn't argue with Jesus. You see, simple faith just simply says, okay. It says, amen. I forgive you your sins, Jesus said to you through the mouth of a pastor today. Jesus will teach you how to pray the Lord's Prayer in just a little bit. Jesus will take bread and wine through that same word, His body and blood for you to eat and to drink, and you'll simply say, okay, amen. And then you'll be on your way from here today to go back out into your life, to travel however many miles you have to travel, back home, to events, to family things, perhaps to difficult situations. But you do so with the Lord who is with you and who makes great promises to you to preserve you. This word, this assurance, this reality is so amazing. Because as the man is going, his own, servants, his own servants now have traveled part of that 16 and a half miles because they're so excited. I mean, the kid was on his deathbed, and now he's walking, talking, and he doesn't just have to have jello. He can eat other stuff. And they're just amazed. Wow! And so he said, hey, when did my son get better? And then he knew. He knew that it was the Word of God that had done this amazing work, just as you know that that same Word of God yet works for you. And not only did the man believe, Scripture tells us, but his whole household. Your simple faith, your simple faith and trust in these words given to you, this whole armor of God, in all circumstances, Paul writes, take up the shield of faith. That faith that you've been shielded with and clothed with in your baptism. The sword of the Spirit. You who are armed with the Word of God. You need not fear. The Lord, your God, your Savior, is a very mobile guy. He is always with you. In the name of Jesus. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.